0: Tom Lorenzo. And this is the Pop Style Opinion Fest. Hello, kittens. Welcome back to another edition of the PSO. I am the T in your T lo Tom Fitzgerald. And I'm here with the Low in your T lo Lorenzo Mecca's Malabo's
1: Hello. Hello, husband. How are oh, you? Wonderful. Wonderful. It's fall, almost winter, almost Christmas. We already bought some Christmas ornaments. We always say
0: we're never going to do it again, uh, that we have too many, but we already bought two. And the election is out of the way. I which... know yeah i'm happy that is behind us um and right now twitter is melting down like literally oh just my god yeah might not even be here in a week <laughs> it's true and for people like us it's uh you know it is distressing to watch something like this because you know twitter isn't um it's a professional thing for us not right. a personal thing for us and um the, the thing- like a lot of writers have said and a lot mm-hmm. of independent media Figures of which we are two have said over the past several weeks, as Elon Musk is just tanking the whole platform, is that all of us. In independent media, all all the various culture critics and writers and journalists and everything, we have all relied on Twitter as mm. it has become a central part of our right uh, profession.
1: And not only that, it's also a place where we, we quote unquote, met so many people. You know, like we right. got to know a lot of people and we have conversations with them now. Um, we were exposed to, you know, to their work people we didn't know before and they didn't know us i mean it creates a community it's 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 good for that it's horrible for other things obviously but it's great to meet people and you know people who do kind of what you do i right. still remember fashion week and meeting all those you know people pr people from like you know everybody uh right. the fuck girls everybody anyway. um
0: but for like as i said for us and for a lot of other people it's not some idle thing watching yeah. this go under um. Uh, we have actually had a couple meetings in the past several weeks talking about, well, what's our game plan? What are we going to do? Are we buying a blue check? Because the thing is, you know, you rely on... There, there are no... If you know the history of blogging in this century, uh, we used to rely on things called RSS feeders that would push our... Uh, all blogs would right. push their uh, content out to anyone who subscribed to it. And when they went away, Google sort of sundown those things and let them die. Um, it, a, almost all of us turn to Twitter and that is how people know here's a new post on this and here's a new post. It's how people keep up with everything right, that we right. do. Uh, other forms of social media are not as good as that. Uh, Facebook still has a lot of value for us, uh, as a way of getting our work out there. But, you know, Instagram really isn't, has never been, um, Uh, a, a platform for writers it's more of a platform for influencers and for people who uh or you know models and that sort of thing but it is not the best place to drive people to your writing when you think of big instagram accounts that have been very successful um a lot of them the writing is actually on the account yeah you know they they write on instagram and then they have you know deals with brands and that sort of thing, but it's not a good place for you as a, as a site owner, as a publisher to promote your work. It's just not same thing with TikTok. Tac, Tic <laughs> It's very difficult to, um, to use those, those platforms as a way to drive people to your site. Right. But having um, said
1: that we do want to expand a little more our social media, uh, presence, uh, we want to go back to YouTube and do a few things with YouTube. Um, uh, we have been more uh, present on instagram and stuff like that so please follow us everywhere uh it does help us when you you know follow us on all these platforms
0: right and i don't know what our plans are going forward uh with twitter um i don't think we're abandoning it i am unimpressed with the various um uh, alternatives offered like mastodon and and, and other places there i just don't think that's going to happen for us um, I think we're in agreement. We're not buying our blue check back. If it goes away, we're not buying it back because he's do de- he devalued it so much that anyone with a bl- in a month anyone with a blue check is going to be some loser who bought a blue check instead of someone who got verified. Right. Uh-huh. Uh. So I'm just keeping you all up to date. This is what's going on, and it actually does affect independent media tremendously. That's why it's it's somewhat upsetting to watch this sort of thing because it's not. You know, our Twitter profile is not just some thing, some, some, you know, hobby on our part. It's an essential part of our publication plan, our publishing plan. So we're monitoring that one very closely, and I don't even know what's going to happen. But as Lorenzo said, yes, please follow us on Twitter if you haven't already. Please follow us on Facebook. Please follow us on Instagram in order to keep up with everything that we're doing Uh, Because I just don't know if Twitter is going to be a reliable way of and also we never say this and we have to really sort of get back into the habit of saying this every podcast, please like and subscribe this podcast. It really does help us. We don't. We don't make that announcement every week because it's so influencer-y, you know, it's so like (laughs) TikTok-y, but it's a necessary part of our publishing plan, and we do need to push that a little more often. We we do thank you for listening, but liking and subscribing really helps, and also... um, uh, leaving a uh, review of this podcast on any one of the platforms, Apple or Podbean or anywhere, Spotify, they they usually allow for uh, commentary and and uh, review. So if you're enjoying this, that all that stuff helps. Um, it helps us bring in advertisers and, and that sort right. of thing. So anyway, you're giving me this look. No,
1: it's just, I think that's great because I feel... Um, we get a lot of emails like, how can we help you guys? You know, what can I do? Can this I send money? Or No, don't send money.
0: Uh, like and subscribe. Live, Like and subscribe. Just that's, that's how you help us. That's how it works. That's yeah. why all the influencers and everything say that all the time. It's a cliche, but it actually does mean something to us. And, you know, when we write something or when a podcast comes out mm-hmm. um, and you like it, um share it share it on your social media drive other people to it tell people you know someone who you think might enjoy it you know i am i'm afraid this is all sounding very desperate but it's not it's just a general (laughs) that's why i gave you that No, it's just a general publishing plan (laughs) it's just a general publishing plan and um we never talk about this but this is a good opportunity to do so uh nothing's changed it's just we're taking the opportunity to say oh by the way this is how you can help anyway the crown yeah we are devoting this week's entire podcast to the fifth season of the crown we figure you know since we've had so many things to say about this crazy family over the years and <laughs> we've been uh, recapping every episode of the crown since season one we are currently recapping them the first four are on our site i'm hoping we're hoping to get the next two on the site today and then the next two after that on the site over the weekend and then the final two on monday which means we will have recapped the entire season in five days, right the thing which about is re- awesome for us
1: right the thing about recapping a show like the crown and why we take our time it's because we do make sure that we have something interesting to say something that reflects how we feel about the show so that does take a little bit of time instead of just having one big review uh, of the whole show yeah that's why it takes a little longer um but it's worth waiting i think right (laughs) and you can always go back and,
0: and read them again if you watch the episodes um you know it's there so, Lorenzo, this is going to be an overview of the season. Uh, we're not going to get into too many granular details or spoilery right. details. Although, uh, spoiler: Princess Charles and, Prin- and Prince—I mean, Prince Charles and Princess Diana all- divorce. I don't even know how you can spoil a show like this, but we won't focus too much on everything, every scene, and every outcome. It's more an overview of the entire season, especially in light. Of the Queen's death and Prince Philip's death, they have both died since since the last season aired, Um, and I do confess that a a lot of what the show is doing right now it it hits differently now that they're dead, right? Um, In ways that I'll get to. I really wanted to toss to you first um, and hear your thoughts generally on season five of the Crown.
1: Yeah, my my first thought, I'm just
0: be very honest, he was
1: disappointed that they didn't have more uh, Princess Diana. I don't know why in my head, I guess, because that's all everyone talked about. I thought it was more uh, Diana, more every episode all the time, uh, which is not how the show is, you know, because the show is about the crown, everybody. So they have to make time, you know, and, and talk about every single one of the characters. Um, so that was like, oh, okay, I, I wish I could see more of her. But I was also interested in and and surprised that they talk about things that I knew very little about, like the Romanovs, for example, and their relationship with with Prince uh, what's his name, uh, Prince uh, Philip. So I I that was interesting, you know, things like that, like uh, little episodes here and there about something that isn't about Diana uh, and Charles. So so that was interesting. I like that. I do like the cast uh, in general. I think they're good. Uh, and uh, they kind of remind me of season one type of acting and, and posture, you know, and, and performance and the way they embrace their characters. Um, so yeah, I, that is all great. Um, and I, but it is, it is, it is I wouldn't say a low pay, but it's, it's kind of, it's, it's, it, it's a slow and quiet season compared to others. I think it's I think. the
0: weakest season. I'm going to just say that. Uh-huh. I, I think it is the weakest season of the show. Um, i want to talk about the cast and whether there's a you know i'm concerned because i really i actually really like the cast oh, i, love I, the I cast. pretty yeah. much love everybody that mm-hmm. they brought in um i i love melda staunton as the queen i love jonathan price as prince philip leslie manville as princess margaret is spectacular yeah uh elizabeth debicki i mean come on She's oh my just god insanely good as Jeez. princess diana <laughs> Um, and to my surprise, um, okay. Dominic West is not bad as Prince Charles. Yeah. I actually didn't have a problem. He is a, a, a more strapping man and in some ways a better looking man than, than Prince Charles was, but, um, is. But I, I feel there's a certain continuity between Josh O'Connor's portrayal and his. There's a mm-hmm. certain, uh, and right. he, Dominic West actually said he did watch videos of Josh O'Connor, um, and listen to, um, interviews of joshua connor talking about how he got the voice down and then dominic west actually mimicked it um and it's interesting dominic uh gave an interview saying that
1: he really admires uh prince not prince king charles now and i think
0: that uh, well he's he's not unfriendly with the family he's he actually was good friends with prince harry but he said they're no longer close so
1: that was interesting to hear because i guess he brought that in uh also olivia
0: williams not let's not forget um playing camilla um, she they barely did anything with her there's a there's a strange i don't know like um they were shooting this season uh long before the queen died i know they were still shooting it um at the time of the funeral because they put well actually i think that was next se- they're shooting that's, that's next for next season, season. That, that, so yeah. i don't think the death of the queen had any true effect on how this season played out but i feel like maybe peter morgan the showrunner knew that the end was on its way mm-hmm. and and it, the writing is somewhat confused because of that. Um, the, the way it, it, all right, let's talk about this. Um, you you mentioned Princess Diana, and you thought there was going to be more focus on her, but I tend to think as good as Elizabeth Debicki is in the role, and she really is great, and as good as Emma Corrin was in the role. Um, I think between those two portrayals and in between them we had Kristen Stewart, I'm um, sort of diana out. And mm-hmm. I think maybe the public, the viewers might be as well. Mm. Or maybe Peter Morgan thought were thought that and tried to pull back on um, making the entire... When you've got Elizabeth De- Debicki in that role, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure the impulse is, well, let's just turn the whole season over to her. Right. But that the show is not the Diana show. Right. And I have to admit... The Diana and this was true last season. We I, I was rereading our re- recaps from last season, and by the time we got to the end of that season, we were we, we said in our recaps we were just sick to death of this marriage. It's and that's the problem with the Charles and Diana marriage is as volatile as it was and as many headlines as it generated over a decade plus, um, it's a dreary and depressing story. It is very it depressing. Is, it yeah. is just yeah. two people tearing chunks off each yeah. other yeah. and in a lot of ways, neither of them are really the bad guy here. I mean, I know there's a lot you can put on Charles as to why that marriage yeah. failed. But I'm sorry. If Charles had been faithful to Diana every single day of their their marriage, it still would have been a disaster because these two people never, yeah, ever, ever should have been together. I agree. Um, they didn't want to be together to begin
1: with. So, I mean, well, she, she did kind of, but he didn't from he the didn't. beginning. So how can you make that work when you don't want to be in it?
0: Right. So, um... As much as I really enjoyed every time Elizabeth Debicki showed up in a scene, um, I did find the the it just a slog trying to get through. And it you know the '90s was like that for the British royal family. <laughs> yeah. I mean oh, everybody was sick of that family by yeah. the end of the '90s, um, just sick of them and all their bullshit and all of their dysfunction. And everyone thought they wound up killing Diana, um, so they were just loathed and and um, everyone was sick and tired of them at the time. It is really fascinating though in the light of the queen's death and um when you look at like the megan and catherine stuff and all of that playing out um i think one thing this episode this season maybe inadvertently but it does get across is that things were crazy mm. back then Things, The way the press went after that family, the way they were tapping their phones and everything like that. It's really crazy when you think about it, yeah. We made this point in, I think, one of the recaps where there's that scene where Diana goes to a children's cancer ward and the crowd is screaming yeah, and the press are all screaming. And I I said this, I was like, you know, we've covered Princess Catherine for 12 years now, Meghan for Mm -hmm. seven years now. There's never any scene like that. There's, it's way quieter and more dignified because it does, it does feel like everyone learned their lesson from the '90s. Um, I know the British press is still terrible towards people like Meghan, and and they were terrible towards Kate for a really long time, but. Not on the level that they were in the nineties. No, because they were more allowed to do out of control. Because they were more allowed at the time. I right. mean,
1: I it it yeah you it it, it 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 was pretty bad, and they 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 had they did whatever they wanted. I mean, look at the interview. We'll talk about the interview a little later. That's the other thing. Yeah. Like
0: watching that interview oh with Diana, God. and it's just like I cannot imagine Catherine. Not even Megan's interview right. was uh, that. I mean, Megan dropped a lot of bombshells in that interview, and Harry did as well. Um, but I will note that Harry and Meghan had to go to another country to do that because had they done it in England, I think, um, well, first off, I don't think they would have found someone willing to do it. And I, you know, Oprah was willing to do it, but I also think the backlash would have been a thousand times worse for them if they had sat down in England. And even then, if you ever watch the panorama interview, it's still way shockingly more blunt than, I mean, Meghan and Harry actually, despite dropping a lot of bombshells in that interview, Really did try and be very diplomatic in in certain ways Mm -hmm. about, you know, their standing in the family, whereas Diana was like, I want to blow the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) She was more or less saying, I don't think Charles should be. Well, she was saying he shouldn't be king. He should just give it to my son, blah, blah, blah. It was a lot more reckless. And in some ways, irresponsible of her to have that interview. I think it had a
1: lot to do with what she was going through, as opposed to Megan and, and, you know. Oh, I totally agree. You know, and... And and, And her mental health difficulties. Right, exactly. I mean, her issues, her own issues, the fact that she hated her marriage, that she resented the fact that he was with somebody else. I mean, there was a lot going on at the time. And she felt like, all right, nobody knows about this, and they're all blaming me, or they're focusing too much on me, and I need to speak. Right. You know, I need to let them know what really is going on here. Um, it was... That episode was brutal to
0: watch how they manipulated her. I think they slightly overstate some of it. Do you um, know, Really? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not an expert on the whole Martin Bashir um panorama interview uh, but he, scandal. But yes, he did forge bank statements yeah. and he did lie to them. Um, there's... You know, in the wake of all of that stuff coming out in the past couple of years, the family, Prince William especially... He's been furious about it, and he's made comments over the years that you know my mother would have never done that interview. But I actually don't know that that's true. I don't think so. Diana was looking, Mm -hmm. looking for someone to give her the chance to have that interview. Um, She had already done the Morton book, which they also outline in this episode in this season. Um, So, and the way sometimes the way William talks about his mother, look, look, I don't, she's not my mother. I don't know her, but the way he talks about her in, in, in public sometimes is um he he leans a little too heavily on her mental health issues in the way that makes it sound like most of her problems were her fault right. uh and i and like harry looks at it the opposite way it's a big part of the why the brothers are so um uh strange right now it has less to do with megan and more to do with the entire family history right. and uh, William was always and they actually do, I think, a fairly good job of dancing around this or, or portraying this mm-hmm. without being too exploitive about it. But, but William found it very hard growing up, watching that marriage and having his mother rely on him to, you know, defend her and that sort of thing. And it obviously affected him very deeply. Harry, I think it had a different effect where he just saw his mother as a victim of terrible forces. But uh, I think
1: it's the same thing like the Queen and Prince Margaret type of thing. Uh, he knows he's going to be the king. So he... It it's changes a whole, your perspective It so changes much. your perspective entirely. Yeah. Because uh, you know what's coming.
0: That's the Windsor family story, more yeah, or less. pretty much. Yeah. yeah everybody. Um, Margaret and Andrew and Harry. There's just all these cast-aside members of the family who right. wind up... Not that I'm defending how Andrew has behaved himself, but... Um, you know there's just an ongoing story and I mean sometimes the show there is are episodes where the characters are a little too self-aware when they have these conversations about the family history and whatever um yeah, I haven't read it, any interview with the with the creators um, or the creator um
1: to know more about if they I don't know sometimes they feel like they're tiptoeing or they feel like the the need to um expose but at the same time defend the character.
0: Well, Peter Morgan the showrunner uh has always been um in many ways a royalist. He he actually mm-hmm. it, he truly admires the the royal family, especially the queen. Um and he will bring them in for criticism, but it's always very tempered criticism. Right. This is why um you know it, it erupted in the wake of the queen's death, all Buckingham Palace and all these other figures in the media and in the acting world like Judi Dench. Uh, were decrying the show and saying it was exploitive and it was, you know, there should be disclaimers because it's fictional and they're going after Prince Charles and blah, blah, blah. Having watched this entire season already, um, all of that was wildly overstated. If anything, they tiptoe around Charles in this season. They do. And part of me wonders if it's because Morgan knew that by the time the season aired, Charles would be king. Because let's face it, I mean, I didn't make comments like this publicly because I knew people would be mad at us. But I didn't think the Queen was going to last much longer. You could see it in the pictures of her. right? Where it was like, oh, I, I've seen old people when they're near their end. And that is what Elizabeth looks like right now. I mean, I just didn't think she'd see the end of 2022. And I think anyone who was looking at her could have made that assumption. So I do feel like, same thing with Prince Philip. I mean, he was almost 100 when he died. And he had been in and out of hospitals for, like, months. Um, So... I do think in some ways this this um, season was written uh, with the understanding that they those two would probably be dead and Charles would be king by the time it aired. Um, it was a pretty decent gamble to make, um, smart gamble to make. And I think it plays out in certain things, mm-hmm. not the least of which is, I mean, it's strange because... When uh, the Queen died, everybody was like, oh my God, King Charles, that sounds so weird. That sounds so weird. How many times did we hear the the phrase King Charles in this season? It constantly got thrown around. When Charles is King, when he's King Charles. And I'm like, you never even heard that phrase while the Queen was still alive because people thought it sounded so weird. That's the point that I'm trying to make is I think they really were... Prepping an audience for a, a world in which he would be king.
1: Right. I mean, we're so used to every everything about the queen. I mean, the 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 you know even the phrase "God save the queen." It's going to be hard to like to right. get used to "God save the king." Now, right. um, Yeah. So, but it's interesting how they start talking about it. And, and,
0: and I feel like they they. Like, last season, I was actually shocked when Joshua O'Connor, when they really depicted the breakdown of that marriage. Because this season isn't about the breakdown of the marriage. It pretty much starts with, they're almost, um, they're separated, basically. Not not officially, but they're not living together. They're not raising their children together. And all the fights have basically already happened. Last season, when when they had to really depict all those fights and everything, it was ugly. And I was shocked at how badly they portrayed, how... Mm -hmm not badly, how they were willing to portray Charles as a pretty terrible person in that marriage. I don't get that this, this season at all. I, I really feel a pulling, there's a pulling back. There's way more of a focus on how difficult Diana was, how petulant and difficult and flighty she was. Right. As good as Elizabeth Debicki is in this role, it's not a very complimentary portrayal of Diana. Um, I mean, at one point, uh Andrew Morton asks for um people to corroborate some of her stories and she here's my acupuncturist, here's my aromatherapist, right. here's my no astrologer. Friends. Not only does she not have friends, she's got all these sort of flighty, new agey people advising her. And right, it doesn't right. make her look that great. Right. Um she's also in in nearly every scene with her when she's not dealing with the family, like when she sits down next to Muhammad Al Fayed or when she's talking to um John Major at the Gillies Ball. She just immediately launches into how lonely she is and how much the family hates her to literally anyone who's willing to listen mm-hmm. and I'm not offended by this and I don't even think there's anything wrong with that Diana was known for that she was known for opening up she was known for being an open wound in her life like right. she just constantly was seeking emotional validation she up to
1: anyone who wanted to listen who gave her a sympathetic yeah, uh-
0: ear. But, um, you know, it's a choice to portray her this way on the show constantly. And I do think there's a certain sense that the show was trying to show you that Charles wasn't so bad and Diana was worse than you thought. Right. Um, but at the same time, they had that scene uh, um, when they talk later, they get together uh, and they talk. Um, I thought that was an interesting scene. It was a bit of a cliche.
1: It was. But at the same time, I was like, that feels like, you know, something you do, you know. in Right. You mean the scene home. where she makes him scrambled eggs? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, that scene, I thought it was really good. And uh, things like that. And I think that's why uh, the family hates this season so much, because now he's the king. And, you know, you get moments like that,
0: like, wow, right. you're really an asshole. <laughs> but see, I really think they pulled back on it. Um, like the scene with it, that scene, the scrambled egg scene. For, when they did it, I was like, oh, my God, it's such a cliche. Like they're going to have the reminisce about their marriage when we and, know they loathe each other. <laughs> but... Uh, one thing I did like about that scene is that it ended badly. Mm-hmm. It wasn't some sentimental, it, they, they could not help mm-hmm. but get ugly yeah. and yes. judgmental with each other. And she, in fact, was a little cruel to him in those scenes. Um, she said the things that she knew would hurt him the most, not right. the least of which is that he um, should never be king right and that's that really wounded him but he was uh,
1: also horrible to her uh, Absolutely, saying, like when he says uh you know you're the reason why we're in this mess pretty much right uh which is so unfair because right. that's not true right you you both are responsible for what's going on
0: right um there's a and also the queen i mean right. but the show is very unwilling every time the queen makes a decision that is terrible or mm-hmm. that portrays her in a bad light They bend over backwards to try and show that um, forces were beyond her control and that sort of thing like um they always have this approach since day one with the queen
1: i think you know like oh she she did this or she does that because she couldn't help
0: help it and i'm like okay she's literally one of the most influential Uh, uh, women in the world she has more money than almost any other woman in the world like shut the fuck up the woman (laughs) had power she i mean she she couldn't have people executed like queens of old but she had power the Mm -hmm. royal family Wields a stunning amount of power behind right. the scenes right. um, by virtue of their titles and their money it's and their influence.
1: I know a lot, but I, I'm I'm still shocked every now and then. Why when, when they walk in with the, the newspaper or the magazine already, they know what's going to be published the next day or the or, right. or in a few days, and they're like, "Well, here's they're going to publish. I we're going to do something." I, it always shocks me. Right. Them, and like how how much control these people have.
0: You're. You might hear a strange. You might have heard a strange edit just now. We had a recording issue, and we had to turn off our recorder, and now we're back. So I apologize, apologize if this that. is if if one if it got cut off, strange or anything. Anyway, returning to my what I was saying. Um, there's a reason the show is called The Crown. It's not called Elizabeth. It's not called the Windsors. It is about. Um, not a specific person's. It is ostensibly about Elizabeth's reign, but in doing in 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 calling it the Crown, Peter Morgan has opened it up to uh, mm-hmm. an examination of everything that surrounds the Crown. So there were whole seasons that were tended to be more about courtiers than about uh, you know the royals. There or there was seasons where the focus was. Almost entirely on the prime minister at the time. I mean, Margaret Thatcher almost completely overwhelmed the previous season. When Winston Churchill was her prime minister, he sort of, you know, uh, overwhelmed the season. It's always been about the people around the crown as much as it is about the sovereign itself. But... And this is why you get, uh, you know, like this 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 season, we got uh, um, a focus on someone like Muhammad Al-Fayed, whose connections to the crown were somewhat peripheral, but he is important in the long run. Right. Um, And I so I I feel like there's nothing wrong with focusing on Diana, but I do also feel that uh, uh, that there was um, the show really missed out on portraying the geopolitical aspects of the world. Uh, which is how in previous seasons of the show, there was as much focus on the world that Elizabeth was in, whether that was England or the Commonwealth countries or just the world at large, um, as it was her personal life. And this season, there's almost nothing about the world. She has, um, she makes a trip to Russia and, um, you know, she she meets Boris Yeltsin. Oh, my God, the actor who played Boris Yeltsin oh God, looked so much I like know. him. It was actually really jarring. Um, but even that story is cast in a very personal light because it brings in the Ro- uh, Romanovs and, and the family connection right, right. and everything like that. But the, John Major is brought in as a... Um, You know, as the prime minister, and he's the first prime minister in the series who um, never really deals with anything large during the during the season. He is essentially brought in so that Elizabeth can whine about her family problems (laughs) or that so that he can negotiate the separate, which John Major actually did step in and help negotiate that separation. Um, I've got no complaints looking at Johnny Lee Miller every time he he walked in because you can put him in that ugly wig, you can put him in those big glasses, but he's (laughs) always going to be cute. Um and as someone pointed out, because I was like, it's really distracting that they have such a hot uh, prime minister. minister. But yeah. uh, someone on Twitter pointed out, well, yeah, but this was the show that had Gillian Anderson as Margaret Thatcher. She, you know, <laughs> they like to cast much more attractive people, and I, they had Jeremy Jeremy Northam as Anthony Eden. He was much better looking than the original Anthony Eden. So the show has a history of bringing in very pretty people to play people who were not exactly pretty at the time. Um, but. Johnny Lee Miller is kind of wasted in the role, if, if you thought, you would think that nothing happened in the 90s in Great Britain, except the, the um, Wales divorce. Um, and this brings me to my next point is that, you know, there were a lot of things going on in that family in the 90s. Big, loud, scandalous things like the Fergie stories and the Andrew stories, both of which are completely passed over. They never even bothered giving the Fergie actress a line like she never actually had a scene, Um, which seems bizarre to me. If you were around in the 90s and watching the Royals, Fergie was generating almost as many headlines as Diana at the time. Not not quite. I mean, the fervor wasn't quite so high, but people were crazy about her. Um, and she was doing all kinds of she was doing a lot crazier stuff than Diana was doing. And it's very odd to me that the it, show yeah. just glosses over that strangest of all is the way they treat Princess Anne. Because every once in a while, they'll give the actress a scene where she talks about how she's constantly working harder than anybody in the family. And she gets nothing in return. But they still ignore her in the storyline more often than not. She was kidnapped in the seventies, and they didn't even do that story. She was an Olympian uh, equestrian. She was in the Olympics. They didn't do that oh story God, either. That's right. Yeah. She and then she got. She was the first child to divorce in the royal family. Um, she did it before anybody else did. All of that completely happens on the wayside, gets referred to obliquely. And, you know, this this season, that sort of stuff really came to a head, especially since they give Anne, the actress who plays her is great. Oh, my God. She's really good. She looked just like her. I know. And acted um, like her. Yeah. And acted like her. And they give her one really great scene where she talks about her uh, how hard she's worked and how little she asks for. And I'm like, yeah, why couldn't they have given this character... In five seasons, they have never had an Anne centric episode, right? Which strikes me as completely it, it, insane.
1: Yeah, as you were watching the season, it it, it every now and then, I'm like, why are you? We're spending an entire episode on this, you know, right. like the interview or you know, the Martin Bashir
0: interview. Yeah, they Martin, dragged that they shit just out. Just took
1: a way too much time. It was yeah. it
0: went on over several episodes, and it was just like, all right, I realize that this was explosive, but again, other things were happening this decade, you know. Um, and some of those things might have been more important than the marriage. I think so.
1: Yeah, I think so. But it it, it feels like they, they were trying to focus on these things and try to explain these things or in a way, um, not to protect themselves, but sort of like, all right, we'll give you something. Yeah, right. We're going to talk about these things in, in detail so that you, I don't know, it just feels like that feels like an explanation every now and then as opposed to just going with the story
0: um and as i said i feel like they took a very kind approach to charles this this season um i think what was interesting was how they handled tampon gate as it was known at the time and it's interesting because they announced while this season was shooting that they were not going to deal with that really yeah i didn't know i was surprised that they actually i don't know if they were trying to just you know keep it a surprise or whatever but there is basically an entire episode devoted to it and unlike at the time and i will admit to read this stuff in the papers at the time it was a joke everyone thought it was just ridiculous that the future king of england was talking about being a tampon and everybody thought it was kind of gross and goofy Mm -hmm. and as sex talk goes i want to be your tampon is kind of a weird thing to say but over the years And again, I feel like this is the show sort of trying to make the case for Charles. Over the years, it's been undeniable that Charles and Camilla were a love story. A great love story that got interrupted by a huge mess. Mm -hmm. And...
1: um, I mean, they're still together, obviously.
0: She's devoted to him, and he's devoted to her. And there is no denying, as bad as they both acted... um, They loved each other. They have always... And not just loved each other. I, I don't mean to overstate things here, but that's one hell of a love what it has survived and what it was and how much an entire country was pitted against this relationship, right? She was considered the most evil woman. They the, still hate her. I. She, they've done a good job of rehabilitating right. her. I mean, the fact that people can call her queen Camilla today is it was <laughs> unimaginable Me, she, when yeah. all of this was going on completely unimaginable that she would ever be queen. Even after he married her in like 2005, it was unimaginable that she would ever be queen. But, you know, he and his um, team have done a very good job of rehabilitating both his image and hers. And when you do read the transcript of the tampon gate uh, phone call... It's not as bad as it is. It's not. It, I mean, it's really just two middle-aged people who are crazy Joking, in love with each yeah. other, super hot for each other. And they're just having, like, mostly very innocent pillow talk. It's actually, if you remove the tampon stuff... Uh, and the scandal from it—it's a—it's a generally sort of charming conversation between, as right. Princess Anne says, two teenagers of a certain age in love, which <laughs> right. was actually a, a really cute line. Right. Um, uh, I
1: I agree, and it just it, it its appalling to me to think about it that you could just tape that thing and then just run and the it press with, would run with it.
0: I. It's insane and to me. The press like would run how with it.
1: how how can you? Well, they do had
0: that? plenty yeah. of phone tapping scandals after that. Right. I mean, uh, there were laws were changed over it. But at the time, this is how insane the tabloid culture was. This is how insane um, everything surrounding that family during that decade actually was. Um, the, there's, there's a reason why Peter Morgan wrote The Queen mm-hmm. uh, with Helen Mirren, because it actually deals with how all of that ended and how they moved away from all of that. It was significant. Um, that the family and the queen actually did change certain aspects of how they relate to the public based on how badly the nineties right. went for them.
1: It's interesting. Uh, Netflix has a uh, an interesting documentary, not great but interesting, uh, about the two sisters and and Prince. They actually have some some taping of of Princess uh, Margaret speaking, and she says that at the time her life was miserable, like the press was all over her, right. like she couldn't go anywhere, she couldn't do anything, she was you know everywhere. Everyone talking about her and taking pictures of her and following everything she did. So, it must be interesting. Uh, not interesting. I mean, it must be horrible to just have your life like that. I mean, yeah. every aspect of your life is, you know, detailed oh, and talked boo-hoo,
0: about. Boo-hoo, boo-hoo. Anyway,
1: no. I mean, I'm not... Hey, I They to, can cry on their piles know, of money. I agree. I agree. I mean, when, when you... Th- every time i they have a scene with with uh, with servants and everything and those insane houses i'm like my god what a life and you all bitch and moan about it right um i mean yeah and i have to say uh jonathan uh, price does a very good job um because i can't stand that man uh prince philip never did can't stand him
0: um And uh, he does a really good job. I mean, when you make me hate you, I mean, you're doing a good job. Let's talk about the cast changes. Um, Starting with Jonathan Price, who is a great actor. And um, I actually do think his Prince Philip is very good. But Mm -hmm. I have to completely forget about Tobias Mingus in the role because there's no connection. No, They even talk different. It's not about how he looks. Mm -hmm. Tobias Mingus did a very stiff... He talked through his clenched teeth the entire time, and Price does none of that. He does not try to change his affect in any way. He's just he's just doing Jonathan Price, and that's fine because I think he's good in the role. But there was a complete lack of continuity, um, right, in that character specifically. I think someone like Leslie Manville, mm-hmm. uh, they've been really lucky with their Margarets, because none of the actresses truly resemble each other, but. Um, there is such a continuity of character in their portrayals. Leslie Manville was just picking up on what Helena Bonham Carter threw down. And it was, Helena Bonham Carter was just, and she talked about it at the time, about, I just looked at what Vanessa Kirby was doing and I'm trying to do that. Um, I know that that, the show has talked about discouraging them from trying to emulate the previous actor, but uh, there is a certain uh, value to that. One of the things that I like about Imelda Staunton in the role is that she really does evoke Claire Foy quite a bit, mm-hmm. um, way more than Olivia Colman. Matt, Olivia Colman was sort of like the Jonathan Price version of Prince Philip. She's an outlier. She, she's a good Queen Elizabeth, but she doesn't really fit. She does. She's not the same person who Claire Foy was, and she. I, I have a hard time believing that right. she turns into ML The I think she's
1: a good. I think she's a phenomenal actress. I don't think she was a good queen at all.
0: I thought she was a good queen, but it was a different version of the queen than this right. show was telling. Uh, I like Imelda Staunton quite a bit in the role. Me too. I uh, I know a lot of people are like, oh, I can't look at her without seeing Dolores Umbridge in the Harry Potter films, to which I say, you know, maybe get a few more references. Watch watch more movies, okay? <laughs> Expand. She's done more work than that. Expand. Go watch Vera Drake. It's amazing. <laughs> um, but... Uh, I, I think she's great. I Yeah, and I want to say that there, she, uh, of all the women who have played the queen, all three of them, she has the greatest resemblance to her, mm. even though I think... Some of her facial features, uh, Imelda Salton has those upturned eyes, uh, and Elizabeth famously had very Germanic, sloping, downward eyes like almost everyone else in the family, but uh, the the bone structure is there, and mm-hmm. there are times when she's got the glasses on, and I'm like, oh my God, she really, yes. Yes. you would think you were looking at footage mm-hmm. of the queen. Not that looking like them is the most important thing, um, but I think she does... Uh, do a really good job of reminding you of that um, sort of imperious, stiff version that Claire Foy did. The problem with Olivia Coleman's version was Olivia Coleman has finds it very difficult not to be warm. Nice, <laughs> warm <laughs> yeah. on camera. So, and she talked about that. There was, I, I remember when she had to do the um, the the time there was that avalanche in that Welsh mining town, and oh. they had to shoot those scenes. They had to put an earpiece in her ear and have people feed her like terrible news stories so that she wouldn't smile right. while people were talking to her Oh like, my god which i think olivia coleman's a great actress but on the other hand i'm like well that's that doesn't speak well of you i mean right, you right. couldn't act your way through that right. but she is a very warm person and so her nature is to be you know warm on camera and well that's not the queen i mean claire foy's version of the queen was not warm no claire and neither foy, is amelle de there's
1: nobody like claire foy i mean that yeah. performance is like i said insane. leslie
0: manville spectacular I don't think there's any story to tell with Margaret anymore, so they basically just did another riff on the Peter Townsend thing. Um, But she's great in it. Uh, Wildly underutilized. Uh, Who else? Dominic West I thought was good elizabeth debicki just oh insanely god. good oh olivia williams i mean when they first announced that casting i was like she doesn't look anything, anything like, like her, her Which, my god she looks so much like her when they put her in the wig i know
1: the wig and the expressions uh, yeah these uh, people are great actors that's the that's the
0: thing that's, the thing. that's yeah. the thing they're all great actors the i mean the one good the one thing that show has always had going for it aside from the amount of money they're willing to spend oh god, on yeah. it is the fact that they always cast the best actors they can find.
1: Right, the queen mother is also great. Yeah,
0: know. she had a couple uh, of really born. funny yeah. lines. Yeah. Um they're all great. They're uh, I just yeah, everybody's great. Um I don't think there's a weak cast member, but I do think story-wise the this this season was a little bit all over the map and maybe maybe that was unavoidable because of how messy things were that day. how much
1: they had to to you know cover
0: all but time. i still maintain just completely skipping past andrew and fergie that just makes no sense yeah. to me like how can you say that this is uh, you know the royal family in the 90s and you don't even cast someone to, or you don't even give the actress a line right. she's right. just some background character fergie was huge andrew was huge it was a big deal at the time um and the scandals involving them were in many ways worse than the Charles and Diana. I mean the pictures of her getting her toes sucked was, oh you know, even <laughs> Diana didn't manage that one. Oh my god. Um so overall I would say this is a good I mean it's always you know good to watch really good actors in right. in period costumes in amazing sets and and for the most part the dialogue is always snappy and there's there's great scenes. But I think it gets
1: harder and harder because this is the time period that we remember, still remember, is, and
0: everyone's still alive. <laughs> uh, not everyone. But, no, but um, I mean people who right, like, kind but of um, everyone who witnessed that is the problem of doing things like spending almost two whole episodes on the Martin Bashir panorama interview. It's like, well, okay, but. We've all seen this interview. Right. Even people who weren't born, that interview is on YouTube. Everyone right. has seen that there were three people in this family. People can practically quote Whoa, that the long? interview. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so trying to recreate it, I was like, "Yeah, that's fine. Very admirable. Right. She looks just like her." But um, I don't know that I really needed to see that much about this. Same thing. I, I actually am impressed with how they handled tampon gate. But again, I'm like, I don't really need to hear this whole conversation. This whole goofy ass conversation that the I two have of them to had. You,
1: N- knowing as much as i know which is not a lot but it's you know some um i was shocked that they they posted a the whole thing that they, they uh the whole transcript was yeah, yeah oh my god yeah i mean stuff like that that they did right. back then it was like what
0: yeah uh i mean i'm not someone who defends the royal family for much but uh that sort of privacy uh, yeah. the violation was just out of control completely I'm, out of control i'm
1: looking forward to and I'm, and I'm not, at the same time, the new season, because it, I'm just dreading the whole death of Diana. I well, that I'm
0: worried that they're going to not treat it well. Really? I don't. I really... I think it would be vulgar to have it depicted on camera, to be perfectly honest. Right. I really do. I agree. Um, so, I don't know. Uh, the fact that they had an entire episode devoted to Muhammad and Dodi El fayed I... I'm not opposed to people um, getting some spotlights that aren't in the family. And I'm not even opposed to these people getting the spotlight. But the only reason they're getting the spotlight is because Dodie was in the car with her when she died. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's a certain morbid quality to focusing on those people. Um,
1: yeah, they did. I just want to mention one last thing is the whole thing with the divorce couples. I mean that to me was such a waste of time. I don't know these
0: people. I know there's well, a comparison here, but this is my one complaint about uh, consistent complaint about the crown and it might have been a little out of control this season is that. They really pad these episodes sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, the Fug Girls have made the comment many times in their recaps that this show loves to have long scenes of people driving up to palaces. Like you just <laughs> spend right. three minutes watching a car pull up to Buckingham Palace. And it's like, well, what, uh, that's... I mean, I'm not asking for some quick snappy edits here, but sometimes, yeah, there is a slowness in the way the show depicts things. And yes, the the scene, they, I guess they they wanted to show life in England among the commoners like, yeah, and, and they wanted yeah. to draw a, you know, a parallel between the, the Royal divorce and divorces that happen every day in the country. But it really felt dragged out. And I, agree. and I was like, all right, I get it, but I don't know these people and I don't mean to be cold, but I don't care about their divorces. <laughs> um, but that's the show attempting to sort of stretch out storylines and connect it to a larger world. And I get it, but uh, sometimes the pace is way off. I agree. I agree. All right. So I feel like we've beaten this to death. Yes. Um, good season, good cast, but absolutely, in my opinion, the weakest season of the show. And um, I think it's because Diana sucks up all the energy and oxygen in the room. It's Especially
1: imp- having someone like Elizabeth. It's impossible yeah. to get away from yeah.
0: her. Um, and, you know, in some ways that was very true of what the 90s were like for the royal family. It was, pot. was, she was, supernova. Like, if you weren't around back then or you didn't follow the royal family back then, just trust me, if you're looking at Catherine or Meghan today and thinking that has anything to do with Hell, Diana, it, absolutely not. They're on a completely different planet. They are. Diana was a soap opera figure, a pop star. She it, she famously said in one of those tapes I'm the Marilyn Monroe of the 80s, which is really darkly perceptive of her. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and you know modern royals just aren't treated that way there's a lot of frenzy around harry and megan yeah. of course but actually that frenzy is, frenzy is almost entirely social media if you and will. you
1: have to remember yeah i was just about to say that there was no social media back then and yet she was
0: everywhere it was the press and p- part of that and the show doesn't actually i wish they had unpacked this a little bit more um it was a perfect storm of things. the uh, the The marriage had broken down by the eighties, and most of of England knew could tell that this was happening. Um, and at the same time, twenty um, four hour cable news and entertainment right. news yes. was invented in that basically in that decade, or or was popularized in that decade. So you had shows like. In America, yet shows like Entertainment Tonight or whatever, yes, uh, that could devote entire segments to royal divorces and royal scandals in a way that you know television didn't before. So, and there were no um, guardrails on any of this at the time, so it was completely out of control. Um, and in today's day and age, we're we're three decades into the cable news cycle. Um, there have been a lot of mistakes, so that certain things have been tampered down, corrected, and corrected. On yeah. and corrected. Mm-hmm. The press is, especially the British press, is really weird and fucked up about the royal family still um but it's just not on the level it was 30 years ago or 25 years ago it was completely completely off the chain at the time and i do think the show actually does get that across a little bit but i kind of wish i had seen more of um how was the economy doing in Great Britain at the time? Because we heard all about it during the Thatcher years, right, and about right. how terrible the economy, right. there were whole episodes devoted to poor people um, and, and the, the Falkland war and all of that. And, and if you were watching this season of the crown, you would think that nothing happened in England in the nineties, except for Diane. I
1: agree. Cause I mean, I still remember the Irish kids and the miners and that, that whole episode. Welsh mean, kids. I mean, I'm sorry. Welsh kids. Um, That, you know stuff like that i mean it 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 really shocked me and, and and moved me so yeah. much uh you know but stuff this like season that. was yeah.
0: about marital problems and windsor castle burning down and they had to get rid of the royal yacht and these are all you know they didn't really do this but um the royal yacht i thought they were going to do it it's one of the few times the queen cried in public right they um decommissioned the yacht and there was a big ceremony and there were pictures of her crying uh, but they didn't actually shoot that scene, which struck me as weird. You have a perfect, you know, way of summing this, but whatever. Um, it feels like a lot of protection. This it season. does, and I think we're only going to get more of that next mm-hmm. season because we are fully in the reign of King Charles and Queen right. Camilla right now. Right. So they're not going to. And they're
1: still shooting it, so yeah. they they're they going to cor- course correct.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but it does feel like um, Morgan. Understood that the, there was more than likely that um, Philip and Elizabeth would be dead by the time right. this season aired. And I feel like there was a tempering of mm. how he portrayed them. Uh, and again, you can see that, sort of see that in the Penny Natchbull storyline, which, to be fair, there is no evidence that Philip had an affair with that woman. But the show really tries to, like, hammer that point home. That this is 100% platonic. There was right. nothing going right. on. And right. I agree there was nothing going on. But that, in the past, when they talked about Philip's infidelities, they left it very open. Yes. They yes. left it open to interpretation. Mm. Whereas this time, every character is like, no, there's no affair. So, I think that is a a, a concession that you will see in Morgan going forward. Because
1: they're dead now. So they're like dead get, now. Yeah.
0: Um, and they don't want to, and they're beloved. That's the other thing. Right. And, you know, you get into like, oh, it's the Windsor marriage, you know, in trouble? And it's like, well, why are you bothering with this? The Windsor marriage, the Windsor marriage was one of the most legendarily right. supportive and productive partnerships in like the last century um, as we said in one of our recaps no matter how, what else she can say about Philip and Elizabeth their marriage worked mm-hmm. and it worked in a way almost no other they were together like 70 plus they knew years ex- they knew exactly what he fully back. supported yeah. her yeah. she fully supported yeah. him and whatever else you know but, yeah, okay, ooh, they're fighting, and he's restless. Yeah, okay. And wh- my image of her, uh, whenever you have scenes like this, the one that floats into my head is her sitting alone in a pew at his funeral with a face mask on, you know, that tragic, tragic picture that came out. Um, so when you have them fighting and everything, it's a little hard to get invested because you know it they were completely right, 100% right. in love with each I other. I do think she
1: gave up a lot. Um you know, in terms the of queen. their relationship. Yeah. I think uh, he gave up a lot. Uh, well. Uh,
0: he gave up his independence. Yeah. And and, 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 and embraced a life of luxury. And he had to bow to his wife. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'll, which he was from a generation where that would have been. I'm not, Listen, I'm not I'll, defending him, but I'll, I'm just saying, I don't think, I think they both had to give stuff up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, anyway, let's end this. Uh, I think we've beat it to death. Yeah. So we'll be back next week with whatever crosses our eyes or crosses our desks. Until then, take care of yourselves. Love you, mean it. Bye-bye. Bye bye.